You're listening to the No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. Nerds in Max! No Guts, No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. This is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. You're listening to the Gamecasting Broadcast Network. Live from the outreach studios around the world, this is a No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. And now, your host, Phil, a.k.a. Sean Lang. Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy Podcast 107. My name is Phil, and I'm your host. Today is April 2nd, 2014, and I'm joined by Darren, a.k.a. B-Dill. Hey, hey. A.k.a. Bombdill as well. And today's co-host, Brandon, a.k.a. Catch Kel. Oh, hi, everybody. And a special guest host, Tyler, a.k.a. Yeager12. Hello. And we're also joined today by special guest. I would like to, do you want me to call you by your full name or just Jeff Work? Does Jeff Work? Just Jeff works just fine. We're one quarter of his name. Just a quarter? Just the tip. Anyways, yeah. you guys know him as Hefe, and he is also the creator of What Does a Mech Say? And also a bunch of other videos, too, if you haven't checked out his YouTube video channel. Um, I think we should link that for everyone. Let's get that link. Yeah. Are you doing it? I was, I was hoping he would link it. I think that's right, but don't quote me on it. I'm going to quote you on it. There's nothing you can do about it. That's close enough. It's either that or porn. That's win-win. So basically, we have you to blame for the pew-pew-pew-pew-pew that's in our, all our heads, right? I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't be. I was going to say, um, how long uh, did that take to uh, make, by the way? Uh, probably about a month. A lot of it was uh, waiting for different assets to get ready. But the animation, filming all this stuff, it's uh, I probably should use an hour's basis. Probably 50 to 100 hours. Holy shit! I was going to so- say... Uh, a lot of people, I know some people didn't like it just for the fact of, you know, what does the fox say and blah, 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 blah. I appreciated it, but, you know, just for the fact that I knew that there had to be a shit ton of time put into that video. And just to, pre- I guess when you create content, you appreciate other people's just for that fact. And some people may just like gloss over and be like, oh, you know, I hate that original song. So I hate this. And it's like, really? Well, despite whether you like the original song or you don't, it was a great production that you did. I mean, the singing was great. A lot of times you, you'll hear, you know, similar fan tributes that, eh. But, uh, I mean, I, th- I thought it was a great production all around. Did you have a lot of fun doing the Dancing Dragons? Uh, yeah, actually, that was the... I learned a lot. Uh, using, I used Blender to, to do that part, um, and I had to learn a lot about doing the animations. So I downloaded the video, and I was trying to uh, mimic the actual on-screen stuff as much as possible. But the problem is once you start a render scene, you're, you're talking about 12 hours of render time for a three-second clip. And uh, so your ability to go back and edit it is a little bit limited, especially near the end of the project when you're like, I don't flipping care anymore. I just want it done. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darren knows all too well about rendering, don't you, Darren? Yes, we both do. We Rendering takes up a large part of our lives. 
I know, but last time you were rendering, you are like, I can't fucking do anything for like three hours. Well, I mean, there's, there's things, yeah, I mean, there's times where I'm rendering for three or four hours, and then you, and you get done with it, and you see one little freaking thing that needs to be changed, and then you know you got another three or four hour wait. Yeah, and the music is done by a good friend of mine named, uh, a good friend of mine, his name's Owen Sartori, and he runs F5 Soundhouse Productions, if I, if you don't mind me pimping. A Shout out, right not at all. But yeah, he's an incredibly talented musician. I've known him for a number of years now, and uh, he's he's done all the songs for me, as a matter of fact. And we've got a couple more that are being worked on right now. Speaking of which, can you drop some hints? Uh, do we have uh, any new videos coming soon? There are two that are in the active pipeline right now. Uh, one of them is a urban mech theme song. Very excited about. I'm working on with a couple of people that are a couple of names that people should recognize around here. Uh, the other one is going to be your traditional parody of a uh, more popular pop culture song right now. Uh, more traditional, not not uh, not as funny as What Does the Fox Say, but um, I, I think it's going to have a lot of potential. That one will also involve a lot of 3D animation, so it's going to take a little bit of work. Awesome, man. Well, we're totally looking forward to everything that you work on. I know that uh, everybody I've talked to has had a lot of fun with the stuff you've done in the past and can't wait to see what you're doing. Yeah, man, well, so... You. Feel free to pipe in here, because that's why we really brought you here. Not to only pip out your stuff, but also to get your opinions on a few things. So, anyways, uh, some quick shout-outs again to uh, Tyler, Jaeger12. By the way, if you guys haven't been checking out and watching a stream, make sure to do so. This dude, By the way, Tyler, you stream way, way too much, by the way. I'm just throwing that out there. But it's never too much. He does. He streams pretty much every single week, or every single day of the week. And it's usually late, late though, now that I'm He's on the new... He's off Saturday, right? You take one day off. Yeah. Friday and Saturday, I'm off. Yep. I was going to say, um, I, I've i been lucky enough to, you know, you've invited me a few times, and a few times I just sort of sat there and waited. But uh, it's really fun, very informative, too, if you're new to the game and or maybe even a vet of the game. It's still, uh, it's great because uh, you guys bring a lot of, um, you know, experience to the table. And you play not only with just SJR members, but other community members as well. And uh, anyways, I find it entertaining. It's some of the people I've got to know. So anyways, make sure to check out that. But uh, we missed you last time. You weren't here for 106. We will, by the way, guys, for everyone listening, we're back to a 7 p.m. Eastern, and that's 4 p.m. Pacific uh, normal time for recording. So we're going back to that old schedule, uh, just so you guys know out there. So let's go dive into a few topics, which uh, we've for the past two weeks have been uh, one of the hottest topics, but uh, LRM changes obviously went from 175 meters a second for the first change, and with Tuesday's patch, we uh, got it brought down to, what, 160 meters a second. We've talked about LRMs, whether you liked them, didn't like them, um, throughout the past two weeks, but uh, do you guys see LRMs now, I mean, even more so, having a role in the battlefield? Um, And I guess there's two coins, you know, pug and comp side of that, so let's have the comp scene break it down for us so Tyler you want to take that so LRMs and competition I've started coming out a little bit it's mostly just you know experimentation and science at this point but people have been experimenting with both LRM focused drop decks and then also using uh, traditional jump sniping kind of meta with supplemental LRMs and so far they're working pretty good they with the new speed they make people pay every time they show themselves especially when combined with a target decay module if you're within like 400 500 meters and you shoot your lrms at somebody that's hill humping they are going to get hit if you have target decay so ams and ecm coverage has become much more important in the past few weeks 
So do you see this actually staying around for the foreseeable future or even being used? Because you said they're just testing it out. I mean, what are your feelings on it? I mean, do you feel like it's valid or is it almost there? They're, well, they're definitely in a better place than they were a few weeks ago. I wasn't expecting them to buff LRMs. I didn't see that coming. And uh, honestly, LRMs were in the, the best place they ever had been. And I'd say actually they're in a better place now, balance-wise. Uh, they are worth taking in certain situations. It is map-dependent still, though. So, I mean, if you have Alpine Peaks or Caustic Valley, LRMs are devastating. Other maps, like River City, uh, Crimson Straits, not so much depending on the engagements you get. So once we get the ability to select maps through private matchmaking, we'll definitely see these LRMs being used quite a bit more. But for now, jump snipe decks still seem to be the strongest, but like I said, still experimenting to see where LRMs can fit in. A primary LRM drop deck, though, is definitely not the strongest, and people have been trying that out, and it's not worked for anybody, I don't think. Now, from the pug side of things, I think uh, I can chime in here, and, and Brandon, and I'm sure Jeff. I've actually enjoyed him quite a bit. I mean, even dropping with you, uh, Tyler, I, I've enjoyed playing the role of support and or an LRM boat. I mean, and I would say LRM boat in the, the regards of like a A1, right? That's an LRM boat. Um, support, in my opinion, would be like a quick draw with LRMs and, you know, direct fire lasers or... Um, trebuchet or something like that you know supplemental weapons you stay behind you're still dishing out damage but i really enjoyed them i actually didn't have a problem with the 175 meters a second i know that the reaction was almost it almost seemed overwhelming you had a lot of people that were like oh i learned apocalypse when i didn't feel that way at all now granted i think what happened is everyone took him out and when you have four pre-made uh or a four stalker champion pre-made with all lrms and they're running around you know yeah it's gonna see seem like it's a it's an issue but it, you can counter them just as well um with ams with ecm with a little bit of group play so me personally i like him um 160 obviously it's only been two you know not even a full 48 hours since the 160 came in you can tell that 15 meters a second difference now especially with the uh, pop tarts in, you you pretty much have to lock on fire right away. If you have any slight delay, they're going to get away with not being hit. So, um, you know, I, I can see maybe they're a little bit too quick, but I wouldn't even have a problem if they would just left them at 175. Definitely at the 175, in my opinion, the biggest problem was, as you mentioned before, the, the group play uh, more so than anything, because everyone was taking LRMs at the time. I think the biggest problem was getting those groups of like four, like you said, four stalkers or four awesomes and stuff like that, and just massing LRMs because you just didn't have time to react. It was just boom, dead. That's it. 160, uh, 15 meters a second. I mean, there's some difference, but not a whole lot. I mean, you're still going to run into the same problem. Those groups of four running around with LRM boats. But overall, I, I think LRMs, I think they were in a good place. This is just like a little bit of a sweet bonus. I think one of the benefits of the uh, slightly slowing them down was to the smaller lights as well. If you got a mech that's cruising around at 170 kilometers an hour, it would uh, uh, the, the the missiles would angle down and, and hit them pretty much all in the legs. I think it'll separate the the smaller lights so that if they're going 170, they can actually avoid it just by outrunning them, as opposed to the uh, the larger ones like the Jenners that are only going 150 you know, or 130 to 150. So I think they're going to get a little bit of a benefit from this as well. I will I will toss this out there in the fact of before the LRM change two patches ago, 
you really only saw LRMs being used by select few mechs and or very occasionally. And that was the A1 still rocked it out. You saw a few catapults would take it. But really, the only other alternative you have, especially with SRMs, and we'll get that to that later on, is streaks. That was really your only alternative that you could count on. So you saw a lot of builds. Um, Shadowhawks, Kentaros. I mean, hell, I even saw Atlases running with, you know, three streak twos instead of LRMs. So the thing that I like about this is it actually gives the ability to those mediums, to those heavies, and to a few assaults to take an LRM 10, 15, 20, and it actually be viable to where you can dish out damage in, in you know, obviously right circumstances. But I guess that's the, the thing that I like about the LRM change is that I can actually take them. It's not like they increased the damage. It was the same damage. It's just getting that damage on the target was pretty much null and void prior to that buff because people just get behind cover. All right, so um, on to direct and indirect fire. Now, Tyler, you've made a few comments of LRMs just in general being more indirect. You're saying, you know, like overlay a, some type of, uh, you know, reticle or almost like a when your reticle's over the ground so you could fire over, you know, um, uh, you know terrain, buildings, objects. You're saying more or less um, right now is you have to have that lock on either from line of sight from a friendly or you have to have line of sight. When a lot of the times when you're fighting Pop-Tarts and or people that can use... Like a lot of maps that if you were to drop on River City, yes, you can get LRM hits, but uh, if they're being smart about it, they're using cover. So you were suggesting possibly, um, you know, it'd be really cool if we ever saw something where you could... It's almost like an overlay on the ground or something that you could lo- just lob the missiles over. Yeah, that's right. I think it'd be interesting for unguided or non-Artemis LRMs to have some kind of game mechanic to actually give us a true indirect fire without having a spotter. So you, like you said, you know those jump snipers are on the other side of the ridge or whatever, uh, but they're just jumping and uh, you want to be able to shoot over and get the right arc and land missiles into them. Uh, right now you can't do that, but in some games, I'm you guys have all seen it, I'm sure, that like a little circle on the ground that they use for mortars or something, like a highlighted thing that you can move up and down and it just stays with the terrain, basically. That would be nice to be able to just then shoot your LRMs to the other side. And sure, you won't be that accurate with it. Some, Maybe half your missiles will hit, half won't. But to be able to put down some fire on the other side of the ridge, have a true indirect fire weapon that you don't need support for would be pretty neat in the game. So obviously to someone listening out there, I mean, the difference between a direct fire weapon and an indirect fire weapon is indirect. Obviously, you may not have a line of sight on said target. Um, I think that's the biggest difference. Um, You know, right now, LRMs are a direct and indirect in the regards of you can lock onto a target that's not directly in front of you, but your friendly's got a line of sight. So I like that system. Now, if you always look at the previous MechWarrior games, that's not how they did it. Uh, previous MechWare games, they had a completely different radar system. They had active and passive, and uh, radar was always on, and you had this 1,000 to 1,200 meters, depending if you had BAP, and if people could go passive. And then, I mean, there was a lot. I actually like, by the way, I like how they did the radar and line of sight because it actually made, you know, I, I don't know, it changed the way LRMs were used. I actually liked it. But, uh, but overall, I mean, are you guys happy with the LRM changes? I mean, that's what I'm hearing. Would you offer any additional tweaks here or there as far as the actual damage or recycle is there any last minute notes on this before we move on 
overall, I'm pretty happy with it. You know, I'm not going to get to specifics or, or any uh, minute tweaks because I don't know. But what I'm seeing is, like you said, more LRMs out there, more diversity I'm always in favor of. So I like that. I'm going to have to agree. Yeah, definitely right now. Damage sits really good. Uh, I don't think damage should be touched at all or even considered. Uh, the speed changes really did make them a little bit more useful than they once were. So I think they're in a good spot right now. I don't think there's any reason to touch them again. Yeah, LRMs feel good right now. I, I thought they were in a good place a few weeks ago, but I think I'd say they're in a better place now. I haven't noticed anything as far as the impulse changes uh, since they made that change. Uh, I, the the screen shake was always really annoying, but uh, if you're going to be suppressing pop tartars, you kind of want their screen to be shaking. But I think the change was minor enough to not really affect it that much. Yeah, I think the screen shake was more or less uh, people like spamming the LRM5s and chain fire. And it was, yes, it was to do damage, but it was also to bounce the target around because of how much shake it was doing. So it wasn't necessarily like the mechanic was wrong for doing it. It was more or less it was being abused. It's sort of like a Dragon Bullet, right? Like the mechanic was totally broken, uh, even though in theory collisions, you know, are great. It, it was being abused, you know, sort of idea. But uh, all right, so let's go ahead and move on to the next topic. And this is actually a pretty... Uh, important one um but uh hero mech discussion we haven't really talked about this much and i I want your honest opinion because uh obviously we have a lot of talk uh with past ones and we'll get there but just in general the builds of the hero mechs there's always a concern for pay to win and uh you know obviously the past few uh, mechs that have came out have been sort of not lackluster per se but not exactly what I was looking for. Um, so what are your thoughts as far as the builds? Do you think that you know um, they should be more aggressive? Do you think they should worry as much about pay-to-win? What is pay-to-win as far as uh, in the regards of what people would be screaming foul? Uh, as far as builds go, um, I feel like pretty much there's, there's, they've really been hit and miss. I think the Ember was a really, really good build. Uh, whereas, like for example, the most recent Raven was just kind of Eh, it's it's kind of just meh. Uh, same with like, for example, the Hunchback, the the Gridiron. It's it's all right, but I mean, it's just doing something that something else could already do. So it's just kind of like a meant I think. So builds are really just kind of hit and miss. We'll just have to wait and see what they come up with next type of thing and just kind of take it from there. As far as like what's pay to win and stuff like that, I think as long as there is a C bill variant that can do the same thing or close to the same thing, I think it should be fun. Yeah, some of the last few hero mechs that have come out are not very good. The Ember is excellent, the Oxide, Gridiron, Lamalenche, Fugan are not so much. Uh, the In order to make a good hero mech, you need to, it needs to be able to compete with the other variants inside of the, the chassis. So for the light mechs, the Ember is great because you got four energy hard points, four ballistic hard points, and light mechs need lasers because they don't have enough tonnage to devote to larger weapon systems like some of the mediums, heavies, and assaults obviously can. All they basically get access to are machine guns, small SRM packs, and uh, medium lasers, small lasers. So the Oxide and Hugin are really, really held back by that. Uh, they absolutely need the the laser firepower to get through the Hugin, totally ammo dependent. It's not a good mech. The Oxide, same thing, also lacking jump jets, so that's unfortunate. The Gridiron 
it's just uh, it was interesting that it came out with it after the Shadowhawk had already come out and the Shadowhawk basically does what the Gridiron does but better in every way so they needs to be competitive of course we don't want it to be pay to win right now arguably well not that arguably actually the dragon slayer is just the best mech in the game right now and it is a hero mech now i'm okay with seeing that it's has a slight advantage over the other jump sniping mechs out there but it's not so significant that you can't overcome it with a seabill variant but I think they've done an excellent job of staying away from pay to win, but I would also like to see these hero mechs be competitive within the variant. So you're saying being a little bit more aggressive in their their setups, because um, from what you're saying, I mean, obviously the Amber, awesome, I have to agree. But another thing I think that makes the Amber impressive is that for medium lasers, the heat neutrality on it, I mean, it's able to fire a lot while resorting to the machine guns in that that times where it does get hot but i mean you got a ton of double heat sinks on it it just it cools off yes the s and the k and all the other ones um can do a similar setup but they run hotter if you go more than four mediums Um, they just do now six is okay eight eh, i think it's just a little bit too wasted but i guess what i'm saying is um for the oxide the gridiron the la malenche what is that line of pay to win because when i hear pay to win um in my opinion it's gold rounds it's um i can get a medium laser with mc that does more damage or has a fire you know fire rate so really if a hero mech is better in some regards in some situations is that pay to win like what's your guys definition of pay to win here in my opinion something is pay to win if you can pay real money to get an advantage and not an advantage of convenience in other words time spent playing the game but an advantage in game whether that be gold rounds or a gold vehicle so to speak i think that they're dancing a super fine line and the and the dragon slayer is has maybe crossed it a little bit but things can change who knows in a month or two with different balancing or whatever whatever if that'll be the same but I would rather see them be safe than sorry. You know, that's a pretty... I mean, if they cross the line too much, think about how much grief they're going to receive. You know, if all of a sudden everybody's... The, the mechs everybody wants are the the heroes. So I, I give them props for not crossing the line too much on that. Yeah, it's. I think they've done a really good job of making them not overpowered. And even the... Uh, as Bombadil mentioned, or he touched on, every one of the hero mechs is one balance change away from... Uh, changing the entire calculus as to whether they're a great mech or a poor one. Uh, for example, if they and they've been talking about fixing SRM uh, hit registration, the oxide could all of a sudden go from a just blah mech to a pretty decent, uh, a, a decent hero mech. And the other thing to um, keep in mind is that the uh, well, the thirty percent bonus is also a reason to take out even a bad hero mech. If you need money, uh, whether it's good or bad, you're going to get a lot of money in a hero mech. And that that reason alone is a good one to take it out. And who doesn't need C bills all the time? I was going to say how you know I would love to see specifically if we talk about the past few heroes. I mean, you can name a few that uh, do really well. I think the uh, Jagermech, the uh, Firebrand, it's a really good hero. Um, I do my rifle uh, rifle brand setup on that all the time. Of course, Miramets. I think everyone will agree that's a solid uh, container as well. Um, the Ember, yep. <laughs> I just that thing is a beast. Um, 
you know, we've got uh, mechs that aren't so, like the pretty baby. The pretty baby, I think, suffers from one just being, it's an awesome, I think, uh, it suffers uh, directly because of that. But uh, one thing I would love to see is uh, PGI to go, not back to the drawing board, but let's let's say the Oxide. Um, the Oxide, you even heard Russ, he came out and said, we wanted to do six street, you know, six uh, missile, but we thought it might be too OP, so they dumbed it down. Would the Oxide be competitive as far as you would actually see them being used more if it had six or if it kept the four and it had jump jets or would it require both because honestly i don't think it has the weight to put um anything but srm twos and or streaks that's really its only options unless you were to go like two srm sixes you know or something like that i mean tyler yeah that's right it's basically at the roof of the tons you can take uh, if you add a jump jet, we could see them fulfilling a purely light hunter role. It's, I mean, it's the biggest predator among lights, light on light. Uh, so it could be effective, not run as like a primary type of build. But again, you need the, the lasers if you want to even think about taking down heavy and assault mechs. And it just doesn't have them. It's just got... 2.5 damage per streak missile and I mean streaks don't home CT anymore. So if it had uh, jump jets uh, it would be a little bit more viable but would you give it two more missile slots for two more streaks? I mean would six energy or six missile and jump jets make it overly OP? Because I mean right now the Ember, the Raven 3L, um, you know obviously it's not a hero I understand but the Jenner. Oh. I mean really the Raven 3L gets trumped when it comes to the ember firestarter or the jenner i mean uh, the 3l is a very specific at range uh can do damage ecm coverage and stuff but as far as close-up range it'll get torn apart would having six uh missile and two and jump jets make it op i i think i'll, I'll take it a different direction maybe i'm thinking add two energy to it and just do that because so far every other one in the tier has six hard points just whatever every other jenner has uh six hard point slots but the oxide has four uh i'm thinking just two energy one on each torso or something like that and don't give it jump jets and keep the engine as it is and stuff like that like that there should be enough just to do it okay so um and, and it would still be unique in the way that it has four missile hard points and then i think the next biggest one is like the d with two so i mean it's still a very unique chassis on its own again you know i have to agree i mean coffee uh nail and the audience you know said pay to win i mean what we're talking about is uh tyler would you agree with the statement of just because the dragon slayer is you know one of the best mechs out there because the meta as well right um doesn't necessarily mean it it dominates all the time right isn't that due to pilot skill right uh if you're if you don't know how to run the dragon slayer properly and you get into a game with people that do you'll get thrashed absolutely so it's not just a i win button taking a dragon slayer so therefore i would say it's not pay to win it's right at the edge it's like i said before it definitely is the best mech in the game right now because we all play within a single rule set there's no other you know mode that we're playing in so in the rules that we have the dragon slayer is the best mech so it's yeah it's right on the edge of being uh what i guess that what i consider pay to win in the upper 
tier brackets, it still competes with some Highlanders and Victors within its own chassis, but uh, I think it's still in a good place. Okay, so how do you guys feel about the latest hero? Um, I know this just came out Tuesday, but I think a lot of us have came to the same conclusion. Let me just get this out there. Um, I was actually very disappointed with it, and this is why. As soon as it came out, I knew exactly what it could take and what was viable right now, which is four machine guns and two Streak 2s. Um, now, granted, SRMs, and we'll get to that in a bit, may change that build. Um, yes, as jump jets. Yes, it's just as fast as the 3L. But to me, two Streak 2s would take forever to whittle down someone, and four machine guns, the damage output really isn't there. Once you blow through the armor, yeah. Um, so for me... Uh, I thought the the Huguen was very tame. Now, some people were saying put an energy or two in the arms or torso. I saw this. I would not be okay with the going on the arms or the left-right torso. I would say put one, if not uh, one and one in the head energy slot, uh, just so it has something like a medium laser or a medium pulse laser to field. And I think it would actually be just as good as the 2X and 4X, if not better in that regard, but I don't want a jump-capable Raven 3L with 2ER large. I don't want the 4X, I guess that's what I'm saying, because you can do the same thing with the 4X. Yeah. What, are, what are your guys' thoughts on this? Uh, I got about five suggestions that I've come up with, with like drawing on my walls and stuff like that, because I don't have anything better to do with my life. Uh, the first is that the name needs is, is it's OP. Uh, I think Nevermore is a much suitable name. No, just just joking. Uh, first of all, I would say one energy slot in the CT, or give it ECM, or add two ballistic slots to either arm so it has a total of six, or two more missile slots. These That's are padded the... padded walls that you're drawing on, right? Yeah. It's the only it's the only room they let me stay in. So it'd be like one energy in the CT, or it'll have ECM, not like both or anything like that. It's just one energy slot in CT would be fine, or one ECM. I think the Raven would be I think you'd be able to get the Raven ECM, and I don't think people would complain about it or accuse it of being pay-to-win at all. Uh, so I think if they wanted to do an ECM hero, uh, I, I think they the Raven would have been the best choice. Well, someone just said uh, some people hate on it because it's an ammo-only mech. I have no problem with it being ammo-only. My issue is, just like uh, Tyler said earlier, 35-ton mechs can't feel ballistics. And if they can't feel uh, like heavy ballistics, so really you you only have machine guns, which is fine if you can re- rely on other weapon systems to be able to punch through the armor. You can't rely on two streak twos to do that. I mean, it would literally take forever. Yes, SRMs could be used. Yes, you can use LRMs on it too. But why would you take LRMs on a 35 ton mech? You know, as far as you. I just don't see it. Um, so that's where I'm saying is, I totally agree with Tyler Stamen earlier. Light mechs have to have either a large number of missiles so they can take a large amount of streaks or SRMs and a combination of ballistics, uh, i.e. machine guns, or they need a few energy to, to mix it up there. I mean, Tyler, what are your thoughts on the Hugen? The Hugen has very creative hard points, but it's not a good mech at all. The other Ravens are actually better than it because they can take energy weapons uh now if like catcher said if they add two missile hard points to it then it kind of basically just one ups the oxide it would be okay then still you need lasers for the more uh pinpoint damage to open up mechs it's it's a it's a poor 
design for the hard points, I'd say, and it's not a competitive mech. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think the center torso and head torso, uh, head torso, center torso and head uh, areas are the places where you can add components to to slightly balance the mech without causing a lot of problems because you are limited by size and what you can put in there. So, if there is a hero mech that is a little bit that is suffering, maybe adding uh, uh, energy slot to one of those spots just to just to tune them up a little bit. I like the beef suggestion. Put an extra leg on it. Good to go. Uh, I will say, you know, one thing is, yes, you could drop the engine size, but you have to realize in lights, you, you have a few roles. You're an anti-light, right? You're a harasser. You're, um, you get in and get out. Well, if you drop the engine to sacrifice for a heavier ballistic like an AC-2, you're just a slow-moving, not very heavily armored target. I mean... You're just going to get taken out of the fight. I mean, speed is life for light. And I'd like to see possibly just one of those slight changes. And, you know, the Ember was a great example. I think the Ember was spot on. It was a great combination. Uh, four medium lasers is an OP. But uh, the ability to be able to fire a lot, being able to switch over to the mediums, you know, you crit through someone, you open up. I think it's great. And obviously the uh, the uh, energy being on its arms, it has its arms blown off, then it's down to just machine guns, you know. So... I think it was a good combination. Um, the La Malenche, uh, yeah, I think we talked about that enough. But uh, anyways, I, I just feel that uh, the Hero Mechs could be a little bit more aggressive. I understand being right on that line. And I feel that a lot of people might scream pay to win, even though I don't think their definition is like what pay to win is, like gold ammo or gold modules or stuff like that. But uh, I understand that something may be overall better than the other Seabell variants. So I think a lot of people think the Misery is you know, as well, so just tossing that out there. But, right, as balance changes go, the hero mechs will come in and out of favor. The Misery used to be a super powerful mech since the AC-20 had its speed changed, uh, reduced so drastically. It's now fallen out of favor, and we could see uh, with the Dragon Slayer, if they do decide to change up the Class 2 jump jets like they did the Class 1s, make the Victor much less agile without having to stack lots of jump jets... We could see the Dragon Slayer fall out of favor. So we'll yeah, see. and with auto cannon, possible changes on the that list as well from Paul. But uh, let's go dive into the next topic, and this has to do with obviously gameplay. Turrets. Um, they have adjusted the hit um, points to the turrets recently, from like 150 to 100. They reduced the damage they take uh, when they're you know turtled up and stuff. So my question is to you guys: What is the purpose? of the turrets now i, I want to make this clear is what is the purpose that you feel are the turrets and is that you know uh, we came up with a few preventing cap and immersion what is your guys purpose that you see them on the battlefield personally i saw turrets as hopefully preventing a quick back cap game from light mechs though um even though that is part of the game i don't know how many matches before turrets where it was just drop someone was dropping like six lights or seven lights they'd run cap and then it would be over before you get halfway across the map if you're running like a, a heavy or even sometimes a medium depending on what you're running so i i think even still though if you were to drop six lights you can still take out the turrets but it's definitely people are aware that you're taking out the turrets and it's preventing that like two minute game so that's how i see the turrets and i see that's how they should probably stay the turrets are fine for trying to delay 
uh, like Katra said, the early base camps. And they certainly do deter lights from trying to do things like that without having their larger mechs to lay siege to an enemy base. Now, what I don't like about turrets is that they kind of have, they act beyond what I think their role is supposed to be. Shooting their LRMs out to their maximum range, a thousand meters, without being locked on when there's no enemies even close to the base. Being, uh, I don't like the, the turtle mode when they're getting their damage reduction. I think that should be completely taken out. Uh, and their ability to see through ECM and target mechs through ECM from as far as they have line of sight is also very silly. So I think they go way beyond their intended role. I'm not even sure if that's intended behavior or if it's a bug. But is, if they were engaging as I thought they're, they were supposed to, within 450 meters, they pop out, they engage you there, you get outside of that, they go back to sleep. That would be okay. But as it stands, they're doing far more than that. And also, I do not appreciate that it promotes more static gameplay in Mechor Online, of which there's already plenty. People like to hill hump and jump snipe from behind hills. And if they have base turrets to back them up, that just incentivizes them to camp their base. And we, I see it, probably 75% of the assault matches ends up with people camping their base turrets. And that's not enjoyable to me. It's definitely changed the way I play on assault mode, just because when you drop, depending on the map, uh, Alpine, it's not as pre- you know prevalent because the battle usually goes on I nine hill. It usually, you know, sometimes so the base turrets can shoot you on I nine. Well, yeah, but it's it's not as prevalent as River City or Forest Colony, where I feel like I move out and it's you know LRMs it keep running on my head. Well, not just that, the whole strategy changes. A uh, River City on assault. It literally becomes one side on the Citadel, one side on the Citadel. The one thing I like about River City Skirmish, um, uh, or Conquest, you know, especially Skirmish, is it starts you on opposite. Uh, Conquest I like on, on River City. There are a few maps, uh, Forest Colony, that obviously the LRMs and uh, turrets are shooting at you, like you said, Tyler, over the 400 meters mod engagement range. Not only that is, they pick you out and they will continue firing just at you whenever you're in line of sight of them or even line of sight of the enemy mechs and they shoot through ecm so if you're in an ecm bubble doesn't matter and the, the issue with that is too is they'll lock onto you which gives your information away to the enemies so it's like you don't have an ecm i what i look at is i actually i'm on the i'm on the the edge as far as turrets and this is why you guys said you're okay with that it sort of preventing the first sort of cap but i don't feel like that's what they do at all i almost feel like turrets right now lights the whole point of having lights is uh, role warfare right getting in and out being skirmishers going and fighting the other lights flanking and stuff like that you can't do that on assault mode with a light in their base you you can't do that and in the long game let's just say you are smart and you survive trying to take out those turrets by yourself with an enemy mech that possibly is turtle it's just very difficult so either they they obviously fix the issue where they're firing at you know a thousand meters but i almost feel like is it a to prevent cap and was capping really an issue before turrets i i felt like turrets were there for the immersion factor not necessarily you know not necessarily being a game changer it, it changing the way how you play the match on assault mode and that's what it's done right it, it's changed the your behavior on there like 
are you guys tracking, uh, following on this? I'm smelling what you're stinking, but basically my feeling is that they're they're a good addition to the game. They just need to be fine-tuned more. Um, some of the behavior, I think, isn't correct. You know, like we haven't had any official word on that, but I think after some more tweaking, maybe we'll see uh, a, a better end result. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. Um, maybe something, you know, Coffee Now brings a good point, like uh, the Mech Commander turrets, you know, when you get really close, they'll start popping in. The LRM turrets, they're only LRM5s, which are, you know, fine, you know, um, and obviously AMS is a little bit more prevalent. Um, I just feel that on specific maps, I would like to see the different type of turrets. I mean, on Forest Colony and River City, it's a close range. I think SRMs would be more appropriate for something like yes, that. Yes, yes. Different turrets would Agreed. be a little bit more appropriate for the different envi- environments. All right, speaking of SRMs, let's go ahead and move on to our last topic, which uh, we've got uh, you know some feedback. Russ, uh, a week and a half ago, said, you know, hey, SRMs are going to be looked at. Um, today, we had a Twitter post go up that said SRM hit reg is on, uh, you know, number one priority right now. Um, I know a lot of people have been, you know, just beating the drums about this. Um, it's finally happening. So my question is, how do you guys see this altering, you know, currently now, you know, you've LRMs are viable. Do you guys see this dramatically altering, I guess, pug and comp play? I mean, uh, Tyler, what about uh, comp play? I mean, do you think SRM's actually hitting and registering all the time? Is that going to change how you guys, uh, you know, and what you feel? Combined with the the jump jet nerfs we've had recently to the Highlanders and Victors, I would say yes. We will start seeing Brawl decks again being viable, besides ones that just use ballistic weapons, basically. Uh, It'll be great to see. Uh, A a jump sniper with the builds that we run shouldn't be able to win against uh, SRMs if they're registering. And when they do register, that's what we see. It's really, really difficult for a jump sniper with just their auto cannons to try to fight somebody inside their 90 meter PPC minimum range when the enemy has SRMs. And that would be perfect. And that's We've been waiting for this kind of balance for a long time and glad to see that they're now prioritizing it. It's hopefully that means that they see that this might be the, the missing puzzle piece for the balance of their game. Brawling is back, baby. Yeah. No. Um, definitely, I think you'll see a lot of changes. I think the 9, as far as competitive goes, I think you'll see the 9A come back out in full force. Uh, what do you think? I, I think you'll see that. No, the Shadowhawk. Um, the Shadowhawk. Yeah, the Shadowhawk. The will probably come. The Kentaro. Anything that can carry SRMs in mass. Uh, uh, usually three no, or more. Just Shadowhawk, Griffin, and Wolverine. The, the Centurion's retired after they changed its hitboxes. And it has not, does not have jump jets. The five tons is worth it, going 55. But I definitely think you'll see... I, I think a lot of people want to play brawlers, and I think you'll definitely see a lot more of them on the battlefield. I, I agree. The If you can get within 270 meters of another mech with your SRMs, because you, you do zero damage beyond that, short of whatever supplemental weapons you have, if you can get within 270, you should have, you should have a decided advantage in that fight if they don't have the SRMs. Those should be the, the go-to brawling weapons. I actually think uh, pulse lasers should also probably fill that role, uh, reducing their range. Um, I know they, they buffed them because they, they needed it a little bit, but uh, between pulse lasers and SRMs, those should be the brawling weapons, and uh, if they if they buff them, uh, if they fix the hit registration, that'll definitely uh, add, add a, another dimension to the battles. I want to see the corkscrews. 
I loved it. That old effect where, you know, they would weave in and out. I know that caused some technical and hit reg issue, not where they were hitting, but it looked freaking badass. I don't care who you are. Even the old missile LRMs, the whole corkscrew, I, I really like that. But um, you know what I think what's going to happen is I think you're going to see some of the mechs, i.e. the Wolverine, Griffin. Um, I still think you'll see the Kentaro. I mean, we saw the Kentaro when it first came out. It was pretty damn powerful with those SRMs. But one thing just to note, obviously you said something, Tyler, that intrigued me is, again, how powerful jump jets are. And when you have 155 that can have them and the same loadout is a 155 tonner that can't, you will always take the one that can, even if it's just one jump jet. And I really feel like we still haven't quite seen jump jets being brought into the fold. I think what you really have to look at is just add heat to jump jets. When you're using jump jets, add a, a heat. That's the only thing I can really think of. I mean, obviously you can trickle down the effects from, you know, uh, the adjustments to the Highlander, it wasn't adjustments to the jump jets, it was adjustments to the Highlander when using. I think that can trickle down, i.e. level 2 jump jets and stuff like that. Even the Cataphract, I still think, is using one jump jet, pretty much. I still think that, should we see a medium with only one jump jet being, you know, I, I don't know. Again, this is a, not to get off topic, but I still think jump jets have a long way to go still. Because they're just so, I mean, they are. They're, they're Jump jets are OP when it comes down to it. They open up the map. They do. Yeah. I'm not saying they're bad. Dude, I use jump jets all the time. What I'm saying is, if you have a choice between 155 or any any mech and the equivalent in a non-jump capable version, you always take the jump jet capable version. It's just it's just better. I have a fear of heights that just doesn't work for me. If they ever get Oculus Rift support, then I'm screwed. You ever jump off one of the, remember uh, on Termaline, one of the, the crystals at the very top and like a spider? Yeah. Anyways, I'm looking forward to a lot of things. Obviously, I, I like the LRM changes. The Hero Max, uh, you know, Ember, um, definitely have enjoyed um, that damn thing. Um, I hate going up against them because they're just so damn effective. You know, obviously, some of the others could use some love. I would love to see a lot more community feedback, too, um, on the Hero Max and as well as the champion builds. I know it's difficult, though. Uh, I know it's a lot of feedback. And, you know, if, if I know PGI did the, uh, the drag in the very beginning. I know it's a really pain, but... Uh, love to see a lot more feedback on that and i think ultimately right i mean you guys pay for these mechs so if they're good but not op but they're good and they're viable they're gonna sell more and i think that's that's key it's like hey we're gonna give you the money if you provide us with in the mech we want and so i can understand not wanting to cross that line into they're totally op or pay to win but uh yeah turrets I just feel like turrets really haven't been shown to their full potential, and I'm really looking forward to the attack and defend. I think in that scenario, it'll be a little bit, you know, better. But as of right now, I think on assault mode specifically, turrets, they just, some maps, it just feels wonky, especially the River City and Forest Colony. We're way too close. Uh, we're getting shot at. Frozen City is not that bad. I haven't had any issues with Frozen City. Um, Caustic Valley, haven't had issues. Well, actually, no. We ran into a group yesterday uh, that were turtled up. Um, they had LRM boats on that side. And, of course, they were just sitting there right at that hill. But uh, it is what it is. SRM Hit Ridge, cannot wait. I think it's going to be huge. And, of course, all of this means nothing compared to Launch Module 3333. Pug Play coming, and I'm excited about that. <laughs> 
Anyways, guys, that's going to go ahead and wrap it up for tonight. A big thank you to our community, our listeners, new and old, and of course, our amazing staff and our sponsors. Thank you again. You guys are awesome. Don't forget to utilize our Amazon affiliate link if you guys are grabbing some items off Amazon.com. It doesn't add anything to your order, and it kicks back a little something-something to NGNG. And again, this was your local No Guts, No Galaxy Mechware podcast signing off for tonight. This is Phil. And this is Darren. This is Brandon, also known as Patrick Hill. This is Tyler. This is Jeff, also known as Hefe. Until next time, Mech Warriors. It'd be best if you avoid me, but I know you probably can't. You sense something is wrong with me, you can feel it on my skin, but there is more with it. Just a little off The truth is at one time I was But now I'm a robot Forever